Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates, and I'm so excited that you are joining us today. We believe that healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from behind a screen, we hope that our time today on the podcast encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to choose to communicate in healthy ways. Well, today we're talking about stories. And if you've missed any of our Speaking from Behind the Screen series, just head to speakwithpeople.com slash podcast and get caught up. This has been an incredible series. We have had the most amazing guests and the interviews have been so rich and they have dropped so much wisdom and insight. It's just been incredible. So we all know this. Stories bring life. Stories are life. Everyone loves a good story. They motivate us. They inspire us. And the great thing is we all have a story to tell. And so we get to tell the story of our lives. But how do we tell that story? And more specifically, how do we tell that story in 2023 and tell it online? Can just anyone tell their story? Can anyone be a digital storyteller? Well, this week we dive into exactly that on the Speak With People podcast. And I'm so excited because we have just an incredible digital storyteller to be able to ask these questions to. I know uh, that I don't want to sound like a stalker, but I have watched many of his videos and many of his videos have inspired me like crazy. I wish that I could finally get over the hump and, and try to do some of the digital storytelling that our guest does because I've just been blown away inspired. He's a pastor. He's an author of a great book, The Non-Anxious Pastor. Uh, I'm just so excited to welcome Trey Van Camp to the Speak With People podcast. Welcome, Trey. Jason, thank you so much. I, I've been watching your channel for a while now as well. I'm rooting for you guys. Flattered to be here. And if you can give that kind of intro every, before I walk into every room, I would appreciate that. You know, I'm feeling good about my life right now. So <laughs> I'm Perfect. grateful, grateful Perfect. for you. I love it. Well, hey, before we hop into the questions, have some conversation, I'd love for you to just give our listeners a little, a little bit more insight into your story, who you are, what you do, your family, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, so I uh, born and raised here in Arizona. So I'm in Queen Creek, Arizona, which is the East Valley of Phoenix. And this is where we started our church seven years ago, which is insane to say out loud. It's been mm. seven years. Um, but I married my high school sweetheart, uh, Jordan. And so actually, w- w- this next month, June 1st, is our 10-year anniversary. So we've been together oh, 10 years strong congrats. in a row. And uh, thank you. Appreciate that. And then we have three little girls, Faith. Sela and Trinity, and so eight, six, and five. So we have a full house. Uh, I am the last man standing uh, to the glory of God. Even our dog is a girl. So here we are. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, but I love it. I love it so much. And uh, yeah, so you know, seven years ago we started a church. I'm fourth generation pastor, and um, really felt called to plant a church. Even though I grew up a church planter's kid. Uh, when I was 12, my father planted a church and we went through a lot of heartache. And those first six years of me being still in the house before going off to college, I really got um, just a hold of the scriptures and the scriptures got a hold of me. Uh, in junior high, I surrendered my life to the ministries. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that my life needed to be used to communicate the gospel mm. uh, to the world. And really, First Kings 18 was the passage that I read that a preacher was preaching and this idea of someone standing up, uh, even though it feels like you're alone, meanwhile, there's 
right? You remember that story? There's hundreds of people who still believe in Yahweh, but you stand up and go toe to toe and declare the glory of God and have God show up in a, in a powerful way. Just really felt called in that, in that mm. text to do that for my generation. I don't know what that fully looks like, but it looks more and more like, yeah, there's a lot of people kind of hiding from their Christian faith today. So trying to find a way to share that with full of love and full of grace and full of truth. So yeah, six years ago, I started documenting my journey of being a church planter, a new husband, father. Uh, yeah, six years ago now, uh, last January, and been a big part of my story. And I assume it's why I'm here today. So I'm excited to talk about that part of my life. I love it. I love it. It's been... Uh... I know it's probably been difficult, you know, to document all of that. I know it's probably been so fulfilling at times. You know, what really did get you sure. over the hump to start doing that? Yeah, a big part of my story is I never watched YouTube. I'm a big productivity guy. Um, I never played, I have never, I guess that's not true, but I was about to say, I've never owned a video game console. So I've never played <laughs> video games at my own house. I just go to other friends and eventually, you know, you play a little bit, but so yep. I just have always been outside. I'm a sports guy. So never really been tied to my phone. Um, and so even in college, everybody talked about YouTube and I just was like, that's not for me. I'm not interested at all, but I've always loved movies. I've always loved stories. I've always loved books, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But six years ago, actually, it was I was on Facebook. Uh, sorry, seven years ago, maybe then I was on Facebook and I saw an ad. It's a long route, but I saw an ad from Gary V of all people. I'm assuming <laughs> you've heard of Gary V. Oh yeah. And and uh, I I it there was something that grabbed my attention, so I clicked. And his most recent video at that time was an interview with Casey Neistat. And so I was like, who's this Casey Neistat guy? And it's funny because Casey's way more popular than Gary V. So it's funny how Gary V was the one who introduced me to Casey. But I watched some of his videos. I had never heard of the medium of vlogging, had no idea people were using YouTube like this. And I have a background with my dad being a church planter. I was always I just love to create. So I would make videos for them, but I was always behind the camera. Mm -hmm. And, but I want to speak for a living. So I was like, wait a minute, I can actually be in front of the camera too and then edit it on the back end. So it blew me away. So within a month of me finding out that this was a thing, I looked on Craigslist, bought a used Sony A6300, just used the in camera mic, press record, and uploaded the next week. And the rest is history. I've just been uh, for about, <laughs> A four-year streak, I uploaded at least three videos per week. Wow. Life has hit me a lot since then. Uh, I would daily vlog all the time, ask Dennis. It was crazy. I don't know why I did it. Um, but I never really thought, like, I just had no issue pressing record. I had no issue pressing publish until recently. Now I think I've had that imposter syndrome and mm. all those other things a lot of people deal with. I did not deal with in the first four years of making YouTube videos wow. probably speaks more to my arrogance than anything. And so God has done a lot <laughs> to humble me. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't know about it. I found out and just started doing it and just have learned a lot along the way. That's incredible. I remember watching one of your videos. You <clears throat> kind of, I think you were in a room, a restaurant with Casey. I'm trying to remember. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was like, Oh my goodness. He's, he's near Casey. <laughs> yeah. It was the coolest. I, Let's share this story real quick. The week before, my wife asked me, we're on a road trip to Disneyland. Disneyland's part of our life a lot. Oh, yeah. And she said, if you were to meet one person in the world, who would it be? And I've been, I've had such a blessed life. I've met 
Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Steve, like anybody in the NBA, the MLB, like I've met a lot of pastors that I really respect and adore. And I was like, babe, this is really weird, but I would love to meet Casey Neistat. Like, (laughs) she's like, really? Anybody in the world? And then I got a call from my friend who got invited to a Casey event, only 40 creators, and he was allowed to bring a plus one. And he said, hey, you want to come? You just have to find a way to buy a ticket to New York. Samsung will pay for your hotel, for the food, for everything else. Just get there. And so I made a YouTube video, said, hey, guys, I have an opportunity. I need 600 bucks. And I raised it within like two hours on my channel. And yeah, one of my favorite stories of my life. It was unbelievable. Within one week, I was shaking his hand and uh, (laughs) it was it was crazy. Unbelievable. I love it. I love it. We tried. We were the stalker type once where we were at a family trip going through New York and uh, I actually, I made my son stand outside his, you know, his infamous uh, office yes, and he held the a sign, you know, Casey, <laughs> would you please? <laughs> but we never did. It didn't work? He never, it didn't work. Oh so, man, he's working. Mm, he, too bad. He was doing it. Well, that's amazing. So you, you have, you know, kind of, I mean, I, I have followed your journey just because I think you are, you know, an incredible digital storyteller, the way that you're able to, you. you know, weave in themes and stories. And so we're in this series on the podcast called Speaking from Behind a Screen, because even if you're, you know, a novice or you want to get better at telling stories online, so much of our communication is happening from behind screens nowadays. And so this series, we're trying to dive into how can you know we just become a more effective one. And so today, especially this conversation about being a digital storyteller, I mean, stories are life. People are drawn to them. So how, how would you define, how would you say, okay, this is what digital storytelling is. This is what a the digital storyteller is. Is it unique to different, you know, other different storytelling methods? Yeah, I love that question. Um, yeah, so YouTube has really, you know, Christian YouTube has really morphed into just being like a, a place where people, you know, speak into cultural topics and, you know, and, and just preach at people. Um, and I love your tagline, speak with people, not at people. Mm-hmm. And so to me, storytelling is is speaking with people, bringing them along the journey. Uh, and so I, I kind of always said like digital storytelling to me I really take a lot of cues from King David because what's Mm. wonderful about King David in the scriptures is, you know, both his journey and his journal, Mm. right? So his journey is recorded in first Samuel, second Samuel, right? Uh, You know, first, second Kings, you see a lot of his store, his journey, but then we have his journal in the book of Psalms. To me, a wonderful story on digital storytelling is both showing the journey and inner posing with the journal, my own reflections of that moment, how I'm dealing with those things. And so digital storytelling is a beautiful way because you can like record the B-roll. You can show the moment that you're talking about. Right. Um, and so it's just such a powerful medium to meet people where they're at. I know uh, Andrew Peterson, he's like a musician. Uh, he's written a lot of books. I've really picked up on him recently. And he had this line where he said, uh, if you want people to know the truth, uh, how did he say? It? If you want people to know the truth, just tell them the truth. But if you want them to love the truth, then tell them a story. Oh. And so that's really the idea of the story of my life is my medium that I use online. And man, there's so much truth I want people to know. But I realize, okay, one theme, one story at a time. And in the aggregate, maybe I can really inspire people to keep pursuing Jesus. I have found because I share the story of my life as a pastor, 
by the grace of God, I've been incur- able to encourage a lot of other pastors, mm. which was never my goal. Um, yep. But I guess it makes sense because it's who I am, right? And so I've really been grateful of that. Like, wow, I've been able to just encourage people. Hey, I got embarrassed in front of a lot of people, but yep. I'm still going. And you can, you and I don't have to say, and you can keep going too. No, they just see me doing it, and then yep. they invite themselves into that story and participate in that kind of truth as well. Wow. That's so good. So as you, I mean, I, I love the, the vulnerability that you've brought. I love the authenticity. I mean, you've invited people into your story, your family story. You know, how, how has that impacted you? How has that impacted your family by inviting, you know, people to kind of have that glimpse into your story? Yeah, um, thankfully, my wife, and my kids, I, I don't, I can't speak for my kids. And it's actually why I don't include them as much now. Cause I thought, mm-hmm. you know, they have the right to decide. Um, so I, when I include them, it's very general. It's not about yeah. their life, you know? Um, but my wife loves it. So that's been helpful. Um, it's also been great because we're actually in an area in Arizona. I think about this first and foremost as a pastor mm-hmm. and we've had a lot of moral failures, you know, in, in our area uh, as pastors. And so I think, Man, I, I'm also younger. Like I started my church uh, when I was 24, which mm. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. I actually say that in my book. Like, who let me do this? How dumb can you be? Uh, so I'm 31 now, you know, with three kids and a little more experience under my belt, but still. Um, so me being young, like it's already a negative. Uh, it, it's hard. And so I think gaining people's trust is huge. And so mm. I've been really grateful of those who have been kind of just even dabbling, figuring out what church to go to in our area or whatever, seeing a vlog of mine, there's like a, a bond of trust that I can create. And so uh, even for the, the prime example is I, I have just decided I'm a fourth generation pastor. So I know a lot of pastors and I have seen a lot, thankfully not in my family, but just I've seen a lot of pastors in general be so fake. Mm. And I think it's it's damaging to their congregation. I've seen that in real time, but it's also damaging to their own soul. And so like my dad was, I guess, fortunate enough. He didn't start ministry till he was 40. Oh, I wow. started technically when I was 16. I'm like, I got to do this in a way that when I'm 65, I still love it. Mm. And so I, I just want to be genuine in what I do. And if that means it's going to hurt me along the way, I'll take that because I want to sleep well at night. Yep. I want to feel like I just really am who I am. Now I've had to learn the difference between like being vulnerable and transparent. So like, I think I could be vulnerable with everyone, but there are certain things I'm just not going to be transparent with everyone because there's yeah. certain things you don't need to know, right? Like, you know, so figuring that out has been hard for me. So I overshare. So I have learned that. Um, so trying to figure out how to take that back. But to answer your question, it's gained people's trust. Um, the prime example I was going to refer to is one year ago, we almost moved to California. It's a long story that's on my channel, but I, it was out of nowhere. I wasn't asking for it, but it looked like I was going to be uh, taking a job in California at a really large church that was debt-free, that was really set up to really help start new church plants. And so mm. out of, uh, I was very, I did not want to do it. And eventually I was like, okay, I, I, I'm going to have to be obedient. Let me walk through the door. And we got all the way up to the very end. And before it became official, I told my church, I said, hey guys, here's what's going on. Next week I'm preaching in view of a call. It's not official yet, but you need to know uh, where we're at because I don't want you to find out any other way except through me. Here's what's going on. And I've had a lot of pastors tell me how stupid that was. Um, 
and how because I didn't get the job, so it really looked like you know, man, what a pain that wow. I added to my church. However, we're in a digital world now. That's that my sermon in view of a call was going to be live on Facebook and YouTube. Someone would have found it. I right. would rather them know ahead of time, right? So what actually served me well was my honesty with my church ahead of time. When I honestly came back and said, hey, it didn't work. I want to love and serve you still. Will you let me? It actually gained more of a trust mm. versus, yep. hey, by the way, you know, I've, I've always been here, but I almost got a job last week, but then I, it got canceled. You don't need to know that. Let's just move on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So being vulnerable brings a lot of pain, but it yeah. also develops a way better sense of trust. Wow, that's good. I mean, I love what uh, I think it's Brene Brown who says clarity is kindness. I mean, it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Just that healthy communication process of you going, you know, here it is. I, I, I mean, it, it, people are able to lean in with that type of vulnerability. I love that. I love that. So let's, let's talk about the digital storytelling process for a second. You know, as you go to tell a story, you know, what are some of the key elements or techniques that you use as you're putting together that story? Because you're also unique that you stand up in front of people every week and you communicate and tell stories, you know, face to face, but then you tell these, you know, stories online. So what are some of the elements for you as you're putting together those, you know, your, your vlogs or your, you know, stories or videos like that? That's a great question. I kind of use like a three fold framework to help me understand what the story is and where I'm going. So I have a, I'm, I'm a Baptist, so I have a, I have a major rhyming problem. So here we are. So the first <laughs> one is tension. The second is intervention. And then the last one is invitation. So tension, intervention, invitation. Uh, I actually use that in my sermon flow too, but I certainly use it in a vlog. So I need to introduce attention right away. That's the hook. Um, so if there isn't a problem, then, then what's the point of keep right. of continuing to watch, which I think is why a lot of like what I would label toxic YouTube Christian channels that go viral and do well is because they, they're always talking about problems. So people watch cause they're like, oh my gosh, is this guy a heretic? Is that? So it's embedded <laughs> that there right. is a hook, right? Uh, and so this isn't me, whatever, I'm, I'm going to leave that there and move on. So there's, there needs to be attention. Um, Aaron Sorkin, he said, every good story has, uh, intention and obstacle, right? So you find the character, he wants something, but then there's an obstacle that gets in the way of it, which is why West Wing was such a great show, by the way. Yep. So there needs yep. to be attention. What is the tension? Uh, and then there needs to be intervention. So now the story to me is me finding ways to solve this tension, so finding ways to solve the problem, right? Or me wrestling or dealing with the aftermath of the bad thing that happened. And then invitation is essentially, here's my resolve. Here's the moment I realized, okay, this is the answer. This is what I should do. And yep. just kind of not like tying it up in a perfect bow, but like there is a sense of resolve that I'm moving forward. Um, you ever read that book, Story Worthy uh, by Matthew Dix? Have you heard of that before? Oh yeah, no, my, my co-host Dennis, he, he brought me onto that. Such a powerful book. Oh, good. Yeah, and I love that he just says like every story is like a five second realization that leads to transformation, right? Mm. So you can share a story, like and vlogs always fall into this trap. Um, I can share a story. Let me think of something that I've done recently. Um, yeah, let's just talk about this morning. I took my dog to the vet, right? So I can say, hey, everybody, taking my dog to the vet. 
you know, we've been having issues with her for a month. Let's go. All right. Show us going into the vet's office, showing me waiting in the office, right? As she's back there. And then the dog comes back and now we're in the truck. Okay, cool. There's a beginning, middle and end. That's not a story though. Right. Right. But for me, a story in that was, was really anxious you know, because of the finances that has been imposed on this issue. But it's like, do I really like I actually had a realization this morning as we were taking and making the final payment for this dog. Like, you know, like I I really value this dog. It's a part of the family. You know, I know this is a lot of money, but at the end of the day, it's worth it, you know. And so I've actually come to resolve. There's a few things in my house I don't need anyways. I'm just going to sell it so I can even show me trying to sell it and just kind of resolving, you know, this was the right decision to make. I was in the office realizing, you know, my kids, they love this dog. This is worth the pain. We're going to move forward. I don't know. I'd probably make the story a little better, but that was just a quick example, yeah. right? It's more of the journal reflection. And there was that moment where I did realize this morning, this is worth it, although this is painful. And I'm going to find ways to just make up for the money I lost and we're going to keep moving forward. So there's a way to tell a story and then a way to really tell the story. And so I try to do do that part, the reflection part, the hard, the hard stuff, the vulnerable stuff, but you have a realization that leads to transformation. Oh, that's so good because, you know, the, the beginner storyteller, you know, they, they make common mistakes like, oh my goodness, I have the funniest story to tell you. Oh, you know, like don't set yourself up like that. But what I love that what you just encouraged us to do is kind of go deeper into the story and try to bring yeah. that, bring that through. I'm curious, you know, cause I have filmed quite a bit, you know, out in public. Did that, did that take a while for you to get used to? And then dealing with other people's, you know, reaction to you having your camera, those kind of things. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> what I have to do is just look right at the lens and just tunnel vision. That's just my solution. I look yeah. right at it and go for it and deal with the consequences later. It's like a muscle too, where if you do it a lot, it gets easier. But then if you stop, your muscles atrophy. And so like, I've noticed that oh, when I, oh. yeah, like recently I've been taking my camera out in public again, which I just haven't done in a while. And it's like, this is a lot harder than I thought. So it's just an obstacle to overcome, but it's definitely weird. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a guy like me, I've been telling stories for a long time. I'm an old guy. And so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a craft to it, right? There's a story craft as you're you know, with the audience and you're able to look them in the eyes and you're able to use your voice yeah. inflection and you're able to, you know, play off their energy. Now you're telling stories, you know, digitally. What what are some of those specific challenges or opportunities, you know, that come into the digital space? You know, how can you navigate those, you know, and make the most out of them? Well, I think the temptation in digital in the digital world is to beg for attention. Um, but what you need to do is hold their attention and there's a difference, right? And so begging for attention, you're willing to forego your <laughs> principles maybe, or you are always rushed, right? And yep. um, the best stories leave room to calibrate for, for silence, right? Uh, and so you do need to establish the hook fast, but you don't need to keep, there's a way to edit and to talk like you're begging them to keep staying. 
I, that's actually kind of what turns me off to some of like the Mr. Beastification videos that we see these days. Oh my gosh, da, 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 you know, just yelling, but <laughs> yep. wait till you see this and wait till you see that. And it's just like, yeah, that works great for a 12 year old, but I am 31, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. I don't need to be begged for, to keep this attention. So realizing who your audience is, is huge too in telling the story. Like when you realize, hey, a 12 year old's not gonna watch this. So I don't need to be crazy. I don't need my thumbnail to look like Mr. Beasts. Like I have a different audience. And so I'm yep. gonna talk to them knowing who my audience is. So I think it's a huge temptation in digital storytelling. What are the people on top doing and how can I do that? Well, that's, you know, it's the same way as like a pastor who, you know, is a pastor of a hundred person church, you're not going to talk to your people like the pastor of the 10,000 person church. It's just a different dynamic. Yep. And so own that dynamic, own where you're at, own who your audience is and isn't, and quit begging for that attention because it's not serving anybody in, in, a, in, a, in a real way. It actually makes me turn off. Okay, he's, he's not letting this sit. He's not letting this simmer. He doesn't trust that I'm going to make these conclusions. He is force feeding it down me, down my throat. And, and I don't appreciate that. So I'm going to yeah. move on. That's so powerful. I mean, it's, it's so easy to be noticed online. If it's, it feels like you dance, you take off your clothes, you're unbelievably negative, you know, or you're unbelievably dirty. You know, it's like, okay, no exactly. wonder those creators, you know, their views go like this. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's so rich to be able to think about, okay, we, we stop begging for it, hold their attention by providing, you know, bringing them into the story. I, I just love that. When it comes to building your audience, like how has that been for you as you built an online audience, you know, on this platform? Like, you know, you got people commenting, you know, great things. You got people commenting, not so great things. Like what have you learned about cultivating and building your online audience? Yeah. Um, you know, depending on who you talk to, some would say I have a large audience. I would say I don't. I have a pretty small audience because I, you know, you're always looking at the people ahead of you, right. not the people behind you. Uh, and so I like to always say we need to be grateful uh, for those who are ahead of us and gracious to those who are behind us. Um, however, so for me, I, what I think I've done well is I've cultivated a deep community. I talk to people, um, uh, like we made, like I've made the effort of making extra Facebook groups, uh, making a course for pastors who want to do this as well. And it's, we do zoom calls. Like I have a Patreon, which the last year, because of that California thing, I, I, I honestly, and writing a book, it just took a lot out of me. Mm. So I really, this last year didn't cultivate that community. I just didn't have the energy in me to do it. And so I'm really grateful. Cause I feel like there's a, it, there's a new day full of new mercies for me in this season. And so kind of recalibrating that calendar. We're Zoom calling every Monday again and also those sorts of things. But that takes a lot of work, uh, but I think it takes a lot of clarity, right? Like what is my channel for and what is it not for? Who am I talking to? Who am I not talking to? Um, but yeah, taking that time to answer, reply to every comment. By the grace of God, because I've done ministry long enough in person, when people make negative comments about me online, I, I legit don't lose an ounce of sleep <laughs> It doesn't bother yeah. me at all. If anything, I find the humor in it. You yep. talk bad about me and you're in my congregation, I'm wrecked. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's weird. But when <laughs> it's like, hey, I can just say you're not a real person. You know, I kind of just yep. think that way. If you're slamming me, you it's not because you hate me. You just hate all Christians or something, you know. Yep. So 
I, I really don't lose sleep over that. And so I think that's given me an edge. I know I talked to a lot of pastors. It really sends them, and I hate that, sends them yeah. into a dark place. Yeah. And uh, and so I've even talked about, you know, I, I told my wife, if we get to a certain point where it really blew up, I would probably, I would never hire out an editor because I love editing because I love storytelling. But I would hire out the admin. Hey, you upload it. You comment and reply. I don't want to know the toxic stuff happening. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something to outsource, honestly. Yep. That's good. Have you used social media much to amplify your storytelling? I mean, are, are you just, you just put it on YouTube and then, you know, kind of go, or do you use your social media to kind of point back to that? You know, um, I certainly have done that in the past where you make like a one minute version, you know, you make a short and then you put yep. it on all your channels, uh, at the very least, because everybody, you know, you everybody can share a link on Instagram now. So I do that. I show the thumbnail, the title. Uh, and then after some people leave some comments, I snapshot some of those comments and put it on my Instagram stories. Um, but for my own health, I have not done that as much. I've just counted that as it's not worth it to spend all of this time trying to promote the video. I just have a lot more joy going to the next one. Yep. And I think it's because, and this is really important, this is a hobby and it's always mm. going to be a hobby for me. Yeah. Um, ministry is my calling. And so my sermon prep is, is first and foremost, my counseling, all the stuff I do as a pastor is first and foremost. And so yeah. really video editing and stuff is, is kind of the things where I'm in my lull, right? Like at two o'clock, I don't have anything left in the tank for ministry. Let me make a video, right? It yeah. just, it keeps me going. It's, it's a lot of joy. So it's a side project. It's a hobby. I would never want to go full time. I can't imagine the burdens of living at the mercy of an algorithm, um, you know, for my income, like I would totally start making bad videos because it's, it's what would feed my children. So I don't want to put myself in that spot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't do all the best practices and I know that. Um, but I've been really, as a follower of Jesus, for me, simplicity is really big. I talk about that in my book too, about like from 5am to 10am, I'm not on anything uh, electronic. And then from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., I'm not either. So 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. is 5.10 to win. So I need to win my morning. I need to be in the scriptures. I need to be writing a sermon. And then uh, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. is 5.10 for them. I need to be in relationships. I need to look face-to-face. -face. I don't need to be bogged so down with the phone. So those are like huge principles for me. And I can look back, like even the last three weeks. Last week, I didn't do that well. I was on my phone a lot. I was not the same person. I was, my energy was drained. My creativity was flat. I couldn't make anything, right? So really being, giving myself those boundaries for me personally, especially knowing ministry is so heavy. It's not always hard, but it's always heavy. Mm. Um, I don't need to add these other burdens on my plate. Yep. Ah, boy, that's so good. And uh, I'm not good at, with alliteration, but uh, you know, I've even, I think I've even commented on your social media in the past, like, I love even how the simplicity of how you put that. I mean, that that is so powerful. So that's a really good framework. Okay, so last question, you know, speak to the our listener who's like, okay, I just want to get started. I want to start telling some stories online. What would you, what would you suggest? How would you guide them? Ooh, okay. Um, two guiding principles would be, because we get caught up in the technical and I think just pick just pick a phone, pick a camera, pick an editing software. Like we get too caught up with that right? The two things that I think have, have held people back more than that, even though they mm. don't realize it. First thing I say all the time is personal is more powerful than professional, right? So be yourself, use what you have, share your story. Don't act like you're something else, 
right? Own where you're at. Yep. I've actually found even in my own church plant world, you know, we're a smaller church and we own that. And we've actually found more success once we finally just named what everyone already knew, right? Like yeah. we're not going to act like we're life church. Like we're not Craig Rochelle. Okay, cool. Let's move on. You know, uh, so personal is more powerful than professional. Don't be fake. Uh, don't act like something you're not, but also uh, use social media, not to, to get validation, but to give value. So mm. every story you make, you can do it either to get validation or to give value. I don't think you can do both at the same time. You got to pick one. And so really finding out who your audience is and say, okay, what would be valuable to this person? You're going to make great videos. You're going to make great stories. If you're thinking, how can I get more so views? Bad. How can I get more of this and that, this validation factor, you're going to be swaying, you know, back and forth yep. like the wind and yep. uh, it's not going to be fulfilling. It's going to be exhausting. That's so powerful. You just can't go wrong. Others focused, you know, part of our speak with people, not mm. at them. You know, we, we talk about the, the not at them part, you know, when you speak at people, you're really making you all about everything. You know, when you speak with people, you're others focused and it's, it's just, you just win when you're others focused. <laughs> it's just incredible. Amen. It's just incredible. That's right. Well, we could, we could talk forever. I want to honor your time. I just appreciate this. I mean, this is just absolutely incredible. Before I let you leave though, I want to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. Our listeners, do it. Kind of, you know, kind of keep getting to know you. Do you have a favorite, you know, digital storyteller or a favorite YouTuber or a favorite, you know, online entrepreneur that way that, that you're just kind of your go-to, you love to, to watch and be a part of their community? Uh, I know this is rapid fire. I have a long answer. I'll make it short. The quick one is Casey Neistat. He's always been my inspiration. Um, but like someone that I really appreciate, but it's not digital per se, this kind of out of left field, but is Quentin Tarantino because hear me out. Uh, I don't appreciate his violence or language or any of that. It's more of his interviews about his mm. process of making movies. Um, he gather, he's a gatherer of information and, and he loves to learn from everybody. And then he makes his own version of it. And I love to think that that's what I am. First and foremost, even as a preacher, I'm an editor. So I gather things and then I cut it out and I try to make it clear. So I'm very much influenced by everyone around me. And I use that as a part of my storytelling. So I love that's to learn from everyone. And so Tarantino good. does a great job of that. I love that. I love that. Uh, is there a podcast, you know, either for your growth or for guilty pleasure that you, you know, you enjoy one way or the other? Let's answer guilty pleasure. It is pod meets world. It is uh, world. <laughs> Topanga, Eric and Sean from boy meets world. Review all of the episodes. I am in. I haven't missed a single episode. Come I think on. Boy world is the greatest show of all time. So awesome. pod meets world, my brother. <laughs> I love that one. That's probably the best answer we've got so far to, uh, yeah, to that question. It's pathetic. I love mm -hmm. that. I know. Uh, I know you. I know you know a little bit about Disney. <laughs> um, oh man! And yes. this could be its own, you know, series of podcasts. But is there one pro tip you know you would you would give? Uh, the the easiest one is rope drop. You better get there first. And you do the biggest rides first. The rest of your day is going to be amazing. So get up early. Don't be late. And you won't regret it. You can take a nap in the middle of the day. It doesn't yep. matter. But get there at opening. I love it. I love it. Well, Trey, goodness, thank you so much for joining us. Before before you sign off, uh, you know, where can we send our listeners to go uh, find out more about you and what you do and all that? 
Yeah, the best one-stop shop is just my personal website. So it's treyvancamp.com. There you can see my YouTube channel, the book I wrote, any other kind of ventures that I'm doing, my church, all that kind of stuff. So just treyvancamp.com, like you're camping in a van, van camp. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again for being on the Speak With People podcast. And thank you to our listeners for being a part of the Speak With People podcast. Before you leave, I just want to make sure you're reminded there is this incredible, robust community that awaits your presence. It's in our Speak With People Facebook group. If you just go to Facebook and you type in Speak With People community group, you'll find this community of leaders who are looking to become more effective, empathetic, and captivating communicators. We have posts and videos and polls and live interviews where we just kind of take all this content that we're learning and we continue to grow in our communication. Also, if you're looking to improve your public speaking skills, your storytelling, how you put your content together, how to get rid of the ums when you communicate, coaching is an incredible way to do that. And Speak With People has a public speaking skills coaching plan just for you. If you go to speakwithpeople.com slash coaching, you can get more information and you can schedule a discovery call with me and we'll figure out when and how is the best way for you to start. Thanks again. Make sure that you check out uh, Trey Van Camp's website. I'm telling you, if you're a pastor or ministry leader, his book is fantastic. I bought it when it first came out and it was uh, huge in my life and I appreciated his words that he did. Thank you again for being a part of the podcast. Thanks for every listen every share and every review. It just means the world. Again, this podcast exists because healthy communication is oxygen for relationships and our leadership. So we hope that this time together inspires you to breathe life into the world and use words that change your world. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.